Christmas is a distant memory, but uh, someone asked me this week, I uh, went back to work and uh, a guy that works with me said to me, oh, did you have a favourite gift? And no one had asked me that before and I thought, oh, did I have a favourite gift? And to be honest, I'm old now, so I had to actually think hard about the gifts that I'd got because some of them, you know, the way it is, you go, what did I actually get for Christmas? But... Um, but I couldn't really think of a favourite gift uh, that I got. But when I thought about a favourite gift, um, that when I thought favourite gift, my favourite gift is actually a gift that I gave, not one that I received. This is the favourite gift that I gave. Um, this is a, a print, it's a photo of uh, a scene, a night scene in the Murray River, uh, Big Bend in the Murray River, and it's taken with a long exposure, so... The night sort of makes it look a bit like it's day, but you can see all of the stars of the Milky Way. Um, and uh, we gave this, uh, our, our whole family, was stupidly expensive, our whole family pitched in and gave this to Micah uh, for Christmas. Um, he loves being outdoors. Um, he loves sort of hiking and camping and uh, River Murray, and he particularly loves stars. Um, and we gave this to him. And so when I think about favourite gifts, that's actually the favourite gift for me. Uh, for this year. But actually, when I saw that, because I was sort of involved in the buying of that and the framing of that, um, it reminded me, it reminded me of when I was about eight or ten years old and my dad taught me about the solar system. Now, I don't know if this happened to anyone else, um, but the way it happened for me was one night after tea when it was dark, dad took me outside with a torch a basketball, and a side plate. Uh, this is absolutely true. And uh, outside with the torch, the basketball, and the side plate, um, uh, with the torch being the sun, the basketball being the earth, and the side plate being the moon, uh, Dad had my brother and I uh, kind of circle around him as the torch and explain to us the way that day and night worked and explain the way that the phases of the moon worked and you could see the shadow on the side plate. And uh, I want to tell you, in all seriousness, <laughs> I was mind blown. I was Because like every eight or ten year old, I just assumed that like the earth was the centre of the universe, you know, when the earth stayed and the sun kind of went like this and then the moon went like that. And I didn't have any idea why the moon was sometimes big and sometimes why it was little. And, and, and just, uh, just boom, it was just totally mind-blowing to understand that one change in my perspective, that one piece of information, that one change in my perspective that the sun is the centre of the universe. All of a sudden, everything else makes sense, doesn't it? All of a sudden, the phases of the moon make sense. Day and night make sense. How, wh why, it's, why it's 10 o'clock here, but it's 9.30 in Melbourne, and it's, well, depending on the time of the year, you know, 11 o'clock or whatever it is in Perth. You know, that whole weird thing made sense. The seasons all of a sudden made sense. All because I changed my perspective about what is the centre of our universe. Changing my perspective on that one thing changed everything. And life's so often like that, isn't it? And I want to begin our 2024 together by talking about an important change in perspective that God wants his people to make. Because the truth is, whether you're a New Year's resolution person or not, and I know some people are and some people aren't, and each to their own, the reality is that a new year 
brings all sorts of new opportunities and challenges to all of us, whether we kind of really do the, the New Year thing or not. The fact is that there are, um, that there are young people here who are, who are going into a whole new year this year at school, you know, and, and they're facing new teachers and new subjects, and you know, maybe they're with some of their friends here and some of their, their friends not. There are some of our young people at, at university who will begin new topics. Uh, you know, they'll have new timetables, they'll have new, new challenges in that space. There are some people for whom the tick over to 2024 means that this is the year that something really exciting is going to happen in their lives. They know that, you know, they've been waiting for 2024 because they're going to have a baby uh, born in the... Not you personally. <laughs> in, in their family. There are, there are people for whom 2024 means this is the year of that holiday they've been waiting for or that, or that something or other else. There's something that they're really looking forward to in their lives. I've got a, a, a friends and for about 10, uh, 10 years or more, they've been planning, saving up and planning for a, a month-long holiday in Europe. And they had it all scheduled for March 2020. And COVID happened and the whole thing got cancelled. And they're devastated. And, uh, and this is the year that, that they've resaved and they've managed to get some of their money back and whatnot. And, and their trip is rescheduled. So as soon as, as soon as the new year began for them, they've got this excitement that says, this is the year that we're finally going. Unless there's another pandemic between now and, and April. But, you know, here's hoping. The truth is that whatever your hopes and dreams and expectations are for this year, we all hope 24 will be a good year, don't we? Everyone, everyone hopes that, that 2024 will be a good year for you, a great year for you. And if we're, if we're sort of honest and a bit optimistic, we, we all hope that 2024 would be our best year yet, right? It would be great if we knew how to make 2024 our best year yet, wouldn't it? Because some of the things that will happen to us this year are just, are just sort of luck, you know, they're just, they're just things that will happen. Some of the things that, the good things that we want to happen in our life, we will try and make happen for this year. But, I mean, would, if someone came to you and they said, look, I've got, I've got a book here, and if you read this book, you're going to have a great year, you'd be interested, right? If someone said, look, I found a video on YouTube, and if you watch this one video, I guarantee you'll have a good year. If you believe them at all, you'd be a little bit interested, wouldn't you? If there was something to do or a conference to go to or a, a, a person to follow and that would guarantee you having your best year yet in 2024, you'd be interested. I mean, imagine if there was someone, if there was someone out there who had the answer for your best year yet in 2024. Do you remember the baby in the manger at Christmas? Remember the, the cute little smiling baby wrapped in the, in, in the nice clean cloths, in the nice golden straw? Well, the baby grew up. Probably not news to you, but the baby grew up. The, the baby in the manger in my house, the little plastic one in our nativity, well, that one got wrapped in bubble wrap and put into a box with the little camels and the little wise men and the little angel. And that got put in a box and stuck up in a shelf somewhere, and that will come out next year, and it will still be the baby. But the original baby in the manger grew up. 
Jesus grew. Mary and Joseph had other kids. Jesus had brothers and sisters. A lot of people don't think that, but Jesus had brothers and sisters. He grew up living in a home with Mary and Joseph, brothers and sisters. They lived in a small country town called Nazareth. Dad was a carpenter. They ate dinner together. They did household chores together. They played together. Jesus was pretty smart, especially at that spiritual stuff, like the scripture stuff. He could just seem to, even as a kid, he could just seem to understand the scriptures in a way that brothers and sisters couldn't quite. In fact, when it came to, when it came to remembering the scriptures and talking about them, not only was he good amongst it, he could mix it with the adults. In fact, he could mix it with the Bible teachers. And by the time he was around about 30 years of age, he'd grown to become a Bible teacher himself. And when he would speak, others would listen. And those who heard him, those who heard him said that when he spoke, it was amazing. In fact, when Mark, 20, 30 years after uh, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, when Mark sat down to write a biography of Jesus, right in the, in the very first chapter, he kind of wants you to know right from the get-go, this is, this is how people first saw Jesus. Mark 122, uh, as soon as Jesus stands up to speak, Mark writes, the people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the religious law teachers. There was something about Jesus' teaching. that I mean, there were, there were a lot of teachers of the Bible, teachers of Scripture, and some of them were pretty good, I'm sure. But there was something about Jesus' teaching that was wow. There was something different about this guy. Jesus taught people about who God is. He taught people about the way that life works in God's world. He talked about the kingdom of God, the, the way things work for God. He talked about the way that people could experience God. He talked about ways to experience God personally, not just as a figure out there on a wall or, or, or in a book, but as a real living relationship. He talked about how people connect with God and he talked about how people could live their best life with God. Listen to what Jesus says about your best life with him. This is uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Matthew was there with Jesus and he heard this and, and years later again, well after the death and the resurrection, as Matthew's becoming an old guy, he wants to record the things that he remembers Jesus saying so that they can be passed on, so that they can be shared to other people. He wants everyone to know the Jesus that he knew. He remembers this. He probably heard this story. He probably heard this teaching many, many times from town to town. He probably heard this a lot. It was really ingrained in his memory. He remembers Jesus saying, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink or about your body or what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not, are you not, much, more, are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. 
They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor, he's like the richest, most famous, best dressed guy, you know, in their world. Yet not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what will we eat? What shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus says, don't worry about things in your life. I mean, you're never going to worry yourself into your best 2024, are you? No one's writing a book saying, you know, worry yourself into your best life. (laughs) And Jesus says it's possible to live without worry. And Jesus' listeners were probably a lot like we are when we hear that and we're like, really? Really? Jesus says, yeah. He says, you want evidence? You want proof that you can live without worry? Look at the birds. They don't sow or weep, reap or store away in barns. It's sort of code for they're not worried about food and the getting of it and the keeping of it and storing of it. They don't stress about any of that and God looks after them. He says, you want more evidence? He says, look at the flowers. Look how beautiful they are. And they're not stressed about what they wear and their clothes. God looks after them. Verse 27, he says, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Verse 31, so don't worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans. Pagans is a word meaning people who don't follow God. For people who don't follow God run after these things, spend all their life chasing those things. Verse 33 is the kicker, the verse that I want to focus on this morning. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. There's a way to live worry-free in 2024. There's a way to live your best life in 2024. And the secret, according to Jesus, is to seek first his kingdom. Cool. What does that even mean? What does that even mean to say, seek first his kingdom? I want to show you a picture that has been really helpful to me in understanding this concept. Because I think for lots of us, our life is like our own little solar system. Because we've got circling around us all, all the little sort of planets that are our life. You know, we've got our work and we've got family and friends and we've got God and church and we've got our house and our hobbies and all of those things. But they're not all sort of equally important, are they? They're, the things that are sort of really important to us, they tend to circle closer to us. You know, we see them a lot. They're right in front of us. And then sort of circling away, kind of in the distance from us, are things that are of less importance and less interest to us. And so the challenge for us coming into a, uh, into a new year or whatever, if we go to the next slide, is to say, well, how can we live a life such that those things that are really important to us circle more closely to us? Seek me first. 
You know, put, put God kind of right up here. That's, that, that ought to be the thing that circles really close to us that we see all the time, right? I found that to be a really helpful picture. Except it's wrong. Remember the lesson that Dad taught me about the solar system? The key to understanding the solar system is to understand that the sun sits at the centre of the solar system. And once you change your perspective and you put the right thing in the centre, everything else makes sense in your life. This picture is really cool, but it's wrong. Because it has me at the centre. When Jesus says, seek him first, seek me first, he's not talking about making God most important in my universe. Jesus wants to help me see God as the centre of the whole universe. My work, this picture is about me. It's about my work, my family, my friends, and even my faith in my God. But it all still revolves around me. And I want to suggest to us that the first step for us, the most important step for us in making 2024 our best year, is to change our perspective and to put God at the centre of the picture. Just like putting sun, the sun at the centre of our universe, our solar system makes everything else make sense. Putting God at the centre of our lives makes everything else make sense. Because really, my life belongs to God. Life itself is a gift from God to me. Do you ever think about that? I don't often enough, but the reality is, every morning that you wake and your eyes open and light comes in and you take a fresh breath, that's a gift from God. My life belongs to God. My family belongs to God. My family is a gift to me from God. My job comes from God. My job belongs to Him. It comes from Him to me. My friends aren't mine. God created them because God loves them. They're His and He gives them to me as a blessing in my life. Seek Him first means changing your perspective and putting God at the centre of your life. And when you do that, like putting the sun at the centre of the universe, everything changes. Other things start to make sense in a whole new way. I was reading the Ten Commandments recently and the way I was taught the Ten Commandments is that it was a, it was a kind of list of, uh, you know, don't murder and don't steal and don't do all of that stuff. And so it was quite a stressful list because, you know, you wanted to make sure you ticked the right things and, you know, didn't get any crosses on that list. But I want you to listen to how the Ten Commandments actually starts. Exodus 20 verse 2. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Because this is God talking to Moses after the whole crossing the Red Sea, you know, out of Egypt. If you don't know that story, go watch the movie. Um, but it, so this, it, this is God saying to Moses, remember all that crazy stuff that happened? Uh, all the plagues, all the coming out, the Red Sea party. You, I'm that God, right? 
I'm the God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. Way before God starts getting into don't murder and don't steal and don't do any of that. It begins with a statement that says, I belong in the middle of the picture. That's how the Ten Commandments starts. With a perspective shift that says, understand who I am in the universe, who I am in your universe. Then you start to read verses like James 4 verse 8. It's a kind of famous verse, a verse that you find on coffee cups and t-shirts and whatever. It's that verse that says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Do you understand how that works when God's in the centre? Because it means as you, as you get closer to God, he kind of gets bigger. Does that make sense? I read Paul saying, whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, whether in word or action, whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, I grew up listening to that verse, and maybe you grew up different to me, but I grew up listening to that verse thinking, how do you go to school in Jesus' name? What does that look like? How do you cook dinner in Jesus' name? How do you, I mean, you can't say this in church, how do you go to the toilet in Jesus' name, right? <laughs> but do you understand that when you, when you have a perspective shift that says God is the centre of my universe, then everything happens in his name, right? Because it all belongs to him. You're not, you're not trying to bring God into the toilet with you. You're not trying to bring God into school with you. You recognize that he's there already, that he created those things, that you are just experiencing those things with him. And all of a sudden, all these, all these sort of scriptures, all these stories and these perspectives start to change when you have that perspective of God being in the center of all life and all matter and all being. My job belongs to God. It revolves around Him. I don't need to invite God into my job. He's there already. In fact, He was there before I even got the job. Because my job and me both revolve around God. My family belongs to God. All the members and all the interactions, everything that is my family already belongs to God, even those members of my family that don't yet know it. It's really important to understand that. They all belong to God. They're given to me by God. In, in fact, this kind of blows your mind to think, but I didn't create my family. God created my family. I don't need to try and sort of squeeze God somehow into my family. He was there before I was. All I have to do is to understand the way the universe really works. All I have to do is to change my perspective and see the world the way that Jesus saw the world the way that Jesus wanted others to see the world, understanding that God is the centre of all life. Everything centres around him. And all I have to do is to seek him first. So if you want 2024 to be your best year yet, the question to ask yourself isn't, well, 
are my family going to be healthy and happy because they need to be if 2024 is going to be a good year, right? It's not asking yourself, is my job going to go well this year? Because, you know, it's pretty hard to have a good year if your job stinks because, you know, you spend so much time there. So my job better go well this year if I'm going to have a good year. I need to tick that box. It's not asking yourself, are my holidays going to be fantastic this year? Is the weather going to be this right? Are the places going to be this right? Are the kids going to be well behaved? You know, all of those sorts of things. The question to ask yourself is, will you recognise God as the centre of all your life this year? Or will you treat him like he's one of many things circling around you as the centre of your universe? Will you start to see everything in your life revolving around him, everything in your life coming from him and being connected to him? Because this is what Jesus is saying, this is what Jesus is saying is the, the path to a life without worry and without stress. Like the birds and the flowers, you realise that everything belongs to God. Now, it doesn't mean that everything will go perfectly. That's not what Jesus is talking about. But he's saying when bad things do happen, you know that God is in control. Nothing's happening outside of, of his control. You don't have to stress about trying to bring God into a difficult situation, the difficult situations that are going to come our way this year. We know that, right? You don't have to worry about how am I going to pray God into this situation, right, and drag him into it, because he's already there. He was there before you were there. Understanding this, Jesus says, is the key to living an awesome 2024. Understanding this, Jesus says, is the key to you living your best life in 2024. Because I don't know what this year is going to bring you. Seek Him first isn't, isn't some sort of cheap trick to have a perfect life. It's God saying this is the way to have your best life. Because there are going to be some fantastic things that are going to happen in your life this year. Did you know that? Some of the things that you expect and hope will happen are going to happen. And they're going to be brilliant. And there are going to be things happen in your life that you have not even thought of that are going to be fantastic this year. There are going to be things that if I gave you a piece of paper now and said, write down all the good things that are going to happen in this year, you would, you would not write this thing down in, a, you know, in 10 pages and yet it's going to happen and it's going to bless you unbelievably this year. But there are also going to be some challenging things that are going to come your way this year. And some of those are the challenging things that you expect. You know, there are some of us sitting here thinking, with my aged parents, there's probably going to be some tough moments this year there's some of you who are looking at what's on your job front this year or what's happening with your kids or or, or other things this year and, and you're expecting there are going to be some tough times and of course the truth is there are going to be some tough times that you haven't foreseen that are also going to come your way again if i wrote down had you write down a piece of paper all the all the things that could go pear-shaped this year you'd never think of this thing going pear-shaped but it's going to happen because that's the way life goes right Seek him first isn't about having only good things happen to you in life. It's about understanding that whatever 
comes your way in life, the best path through them, the way to make the most of them, the way to overcome them is to seek him first. (coughs) Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. It's a way of Jesus saying, seek him first and everything else that you care about will just find a way to sort of sort itself out somehow. If you'll keep your eyes focused on God as the centre of your world, as the centre of all the world, other things seem to, with that perspective, right? Like the sun in the centre of the universe, other things seem to just find a way to sort of work themselves out. Let's just be honest for a sec before we finish. Because I know, because I've been in churches for a long time, that it's easy to listen to a message like this and at the beginning of the year and think, it's just a church thing. You know, I mean, it's the beginning of the year and Matt's got to think of something to say, so, you know, this is just what you say at the beginning of a church year. I mean, churches have always got to say, you know, God's the most important, right? You know, and you say that beginning of the year, it's just the way this... If you've been in church for a while, you know the way this thing rolls, right? I want to tell you as honestly as I can, I'm not saying this because I think it's a great idea. I'm not saying this because this is my great idea. I'm saying this because Jesus said this. Jesus stood in front of real people. We sometimes read the Bible like it's, you know, like it's a movie, like someone made up this script. Jesus stood in front of real people living real lives with real problems and he said, stop stressing about your lives. If you want to live your best life, seek him first. Change your perspective and recognize God as the center of all life and you will be amazed at how the rest of your life will just seemingly somehow come together. And after his death and resurrection, he looked at those same people and he said these words from Matthew 28. Go and make disciples, go and make followers of all nations and teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you and surely I am with you always even to the end of the age. That's all I'm trying to do for us today. Jesus is real, he's alive and he's here with us. He's here with you. And there's nothing more important at the beginning of a brand new year, whatever this year is going to look like for you. There's nothing more important than to reorientate yourself around the centre of all being, the centre of all life, the centre of the universe And that is the God that created it all, right? If you've never done that, you've got an opportunity to do that today. You can talk to me or talk to someone else and and, and just say, look, I I just want to reorientate myself around the centre of all life. Will you pray for me and help me do that? Come and talk to me. I'd love to pray you through that. But I also want to say to those of us who are sitting here this morning who said, yeah, I've done that, I get that, I agree with that, I tick that box. I'm inviting you at the beginning of 2024 to lean in further. To go a little deeper. 
to go a little bit more into what it means to trust God as a centre of your universe. To give him a little bit more of who you are. To focus on him a little more. As James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. To draw a little bit nearer this year. Because none of us have arrived, right? Whatever happens this year, seek him first is the key to 2024 being the best year of your life. That's not just church talk, that's the words of Jesus. They've always been the words of Jesus. Come to me. He said, anyone who's thirsty or whatever, and I'll give you living water, something that will sort of come up from inside you, he says. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever you're thinking about 2024, your best year is found in seeking him first. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your extraordinary teaching and words through Jesus, for the perspective that it gives us on life, for the hope that it gives us for this year, for the way forward, the path that it gives us. Lord, I pray for people who've never really said, yeah, I get it. Jesus is the centre of all my life, all my being, everything that matters to me. You might have been in church for decades, but you've never really come to that point. Lord, if there are people like that, I pray that today might be the day where they say yes. Where they will change their perspective and say that will be true for me from now on. And for those of us who've made that decision, and there are, there are people in this place this morning that have made that decision, Lord, I pray that this year might be a year when we would lean a little further into that, when we would push a little deeper into that, when we would trust a little more, when we would give a little more. Give ourselves more to you and just see what you can do in us and through us. So Lord, I pray this idea, this change in perspective, this message, it's not just a church thing, it's not just a beginning of the year thing. This is life with God. I pray that we would grab it. I pray that we would embrace it. I pray that we would live it. And I pray that we would see you do extraordinary things in us and through us as we do. That's my prayer over this church and over us as individuals. And I pray it in Jesus' awesome name. Amen.